All right. Well, let's turn to Proverbs 30 tonight. Appreciate the good music this evening. And uh, Brother Matt, did you teach them how to play piano? And that wasn't you? Good try, though, right? Amen. Everybody has their own abilities, right? Praise the Lord. All right. Proverbs chapter 30. We want to begin verse number 20 tonight. And uh, we're almost finished up with Proverbs, and we'll finish up this year. But uh, as we've studied over the last couple years, the uh, book of Proverbs is a, uh, is a book of wisdom. And uh, that's probably something lacking today. Not probably, it is, right? And uh, it's amazing. We have all the ability to gain knowledge, right? We have books. We have podcast we have all this media that you can gain knowledge yet we live in a generation that has very little wisdom and uh, wisdom comes from God the Bible says if we lack wisdom we're to ask for it right and so in uh, Proverbs 30 verse number 20 the Bible said such is the way of an adulterous woman she eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith I have done no wickedness for three things the earth is disquieted, for four which it cannot bear. For a servant when he reigneth, and a fool when he is filled with meat. For an odious woman when she is married, and a handmaid that is heir to her mistress. And so the title of the message tonight is Three Intolerable Things. And when you think about where we are today, we have to understand that all of what we see today didn't just happen. Didn't happen with the political environment. Didn't happen with the last generation. Uh, what we're seeing today goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And uh, the fact that man all the way back in the Garden of Eden said no to God. God gave man a directive and told him not to eat of a particular tree and man sinned. And so since then, not only has it affected mankind, the Bible tells us in uh, Romans chapter 8 that the whole that, uh, that the whole uh, world groans. In other words, uh, uh, that all creation groans as a result of the fall of man. So we think that a lot of times we'll say, well, my sin or uh, what I do doesn't affect anyone else. It only affects me. But the Bible said no man lives to himself, no man dies to himself. Everything we do affects someone else. And so three things that... Solomon says upset the order of things in our society. And you think about this, if, if man would simply follow the word of God, right? We, if mankind would simply follow the word of God, we wouldn't have any of the problems that we have now. There would really be no need uh, for uh, uh, what we consider government if we followed the word of God. But we realize that it's not in our nature. In our flesh, we want to do what we want to do. And so what do these things uh, in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 20 through 23 have in common? They're things that are so out of place that the earth is affected. Now, when you look at our world today and, and we look at the abominations that are taking place and we say, well, uh, I can't believe that the world is doing what it is. Well, go all the way back in the Old Testament and you'll see that a lot of the things that are taking place today were taking place in the Old Testament. So it's not really new. Uh, it's just new to us. And so the fall of man has upset everything, not just uh, the fact that men are sinners, but, I mean, everything in creation groans uh, for the second coming of Christ, for it to be put back in order. So the passage in Proverbs pictures man in his fallen state. 
Now, it should help us in the day we live to realize that when we look at someone and, and uh, we look at how bad, Brother Shane, they are and how awful a sinner they are, we have to understand that, uh, that you are a sinner as well. And I'm a sinner as well. That it's not simply the sin they commit, but it's the very nature of our flesh to rebel against God. And so anything that we can do, let's be honest, I know, and you do as well, Christians, that yeah, they may not be out doing some of the ungodly things we see in our society, but let's be honest, their heart is not submitted to God. They're not following God, right? They're, they're not in the will of God. Now, and so in our mind, we're thinking, well, there are, there are levels of sin, and these are awful things, and these are our little pet sins that God's not as upset with. But the fact is, when you think of Adam and Eve, they weren't out committing adultery or murder. They simply disobeyed what God told them to do. I mean, in the world we live in, uh, eating of a fruit or, or a tree that you're not supposed to would not be a big thing. But then look at the fruit of that. Now they have kids and we see the first murder. So when we look at things, we have to realize that even the smallest sin at the root of it is, uh, is rebellion against God. And it manifests and it, it flourishes into something greater. So we, we have to understand in the day we live, we'll say, well, you know, preacher, if, if we'll just stay away from certain topics... Then the church would grow and people would come. Well, the problem with that is if we do not preach on sin, and I'm not talking about just the big stuff. I'm talking about our rebellious nature towards God. If we don't deal with it, those small sin turn into big things, right? Turn into the abominations that we all know about. And so the passage in Proverbs pictures man in his fallen state. Spirit, soul, body is lying in ruin before his maker. God created us to fellowship with him. He created us according to the word of God in his own image. And so the very desire God has is to have perfect fellowship with us. But what separates that is our rebellious nature and sin. So in this, he's telling us there are certain things that are intolerable and they all have to do with us. We, we look, Brother Eddie will say, well, look at all the bad stuff happening. I was listening to something the other day, and, and uh, the guy was saying this. He said, you know, and, I, and I've said the same thing you probably have as well. I'm trying to serve God. I'm trying to do right. And I think he and his wife were trying to have children and found out they would never have children. And he said, I don't understand what God's trying to do. If everything God does glorifies him, how could us not having children glorify God? And let's be honest. We all think in certain areas of life that we don't understand how is God using this to glorify himself. And we think it's unfair. But we have to understand that his ways are not our ways. And so we're simply in the plan of God uh, to glorify God. So however he chooses to do that in our life... You and I, and I didn't say it was easy, I'm saying it's right. What's right is not always easy, and what's easy is not always right. So in this scripture, there's a few things I want to deal with. Number one is the human spirit. The Bible said, let's go down to verse uh, uh, number 21, and we'll go back to verse 20. The Bible said, for three things the earth is disquieted, and for four which it cannot bear. For a servant when he reigneth. Now notice that for a servant when he reigns. That doesn't make sense. The servant does not usually reign. 
It's the ruler who reigns. It's the servant, Brother Adam, that serves, right? That, that's the picture. The, the, the dichotomy of it is, is the Bible saying that there's something out of order when the servant reigns over the master. He said, what's God to do? Well, you and I were created to serve God. We're created to glorify God. But because God gives us a free will, you and I have got to choose to serve God. And so in the, in the, in the humanity of it all, you think, go back again to the Garden of Eden, what did man choose to do to disobey God? In other words, what he was saying is, though I'm your servant, I want to reign. And so in this scripture, we see the first of all, the ruler. In other words, the wrong man is on the throne. Now listen to what I'm saying. When you have the wrong man on the throne of your heart, it will always lead to sin and destruction. Amen? And so God allowed man to have dominion over the earth. Remember he said that we had, and people say, well, you know what, Mother Earth. Well, first of all, it's not Mother Earth. Right? Well, say, well, you know, we gotta, we got to worry about the climate because of Mother Earth. God gave us dominion, right. right, over the animals. You've got dominion over the animals. So if you destroy the earth, and again, I'll say this, I'm for conservation. I think that we ought to be good stewards of what God gives us, right? So if you're throwing trash out the window and uh, polluting the waters, you're not being a good steward. But, but what happens is we have... Our, our human mind and our flesh as human beings have made climate change a religion, right? In other words, we, we, we all have a desire to worship something or someone rather, and so we have to find things to worship. And so most of us, let's be honest, we worship self more than we worship God. And most people only got saved, really, Brother Ken, uh, because it serves their purpose of not going to hell. And so, therefore, they think that God is there to serve them instead of them serving God. And so he, God puts in us, uh, in the human spirit, an ability. He wants to be in control of the human spirit, but he gives us the freedom to choose whether or not. That's why the Bible tells us be filled with the spirit. That is a choice that you make. You don't have to be filled with the spirit. But, but that's what God desires. He wants to reunite that fellowship between a holy God and a sinful man. And so that's why Jesus came and died. It wasn't just to take you to heaven. It was to reconcile man uh, with a holy God. And so he put human spirit under control and guidance of the Holy Spirit. That's what it was to start with. God was, in rain, was reigning over the spirit of man. But here's what he said. I want you to choose to fellowship with me. And so he gave man a free will. And in that free will, man chose uh, to reign over himself. Or he wanted to rule over himself. And so all through the Old Testament, you see that. In the, in the judges, man did what was right. In their own eyes. The day we live today. You know, let's, let's look at it. Well, uh, I was assigned this gender at birth. Well, who assigned it? Well, the doctor did. No, he didn't assign it. God assigned it. So what, what the spirit, human, the flesh is saying is this. I don't like what God chose for me. I want to rule over my own life. So I'll even get to the place where I'll choose what I want to be, and if you don't accept it, you're the problem. The problem is the human spirit. The problem is the flesh. The, the flesh does not want to be ruled. That's why we have such a problem with the Word of God. 
The spirit is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. And the flesh is saying, here's what the children of Israel said, right? Think about this. All through the Old Testament, God gave them prophets to tell them that a Messiah was coming. There's no point, as we're celebrating the birth of Christ, there's no point that Jesus did not fulfill the prophecy of the coming Messiah. There's not one point. Over and over, you see, as Jesus walked the earth, uh, he did it and did things to fulfill the Scripture, right? So now they have the Messiah, the one they say they've been looking for for generations. They have him right before them. And, Brother Matt, they said, we will not have this man rule over us. What they said, was it not? Well, it's no different today. We have the completed word of God. We see that Jesus is the Savior, that Jesus is the ruler, Jesus is the creator, Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, yet we still have our own flesh that's saying, we'll not have this man rule over us. Right? And so the human spirit wants to rule itself. That's why, let's be honest, We live in a world where uh, even the psychology tells us that uh, whatever you want, right, just do it. You have religions, I believe it's Buddhism that says that uh, the only way to satisfy the cravings of the flesh is to give in to the flesh. And that's, that's, what we're, that's what we believe, right? I mean, we'll, we'll submit to God to a certain level, but when serving God becomes too difficult, we're saying, well, I'm just human, right? There's only one that walks on water. There's only one perfect. We have all these excuses why we can't serve God, and we won't come to the realization that there's a battle going on inside of us between the spirit and the flesh, and the flesh does not want to be ruled. So we have to what? Crucify the flesh. The Bible says crucify the flesh. What does it mean? You, right, watch this. When you think about this, well, Lord, I want you to crucify my flesh. No, that's not what the Bible said. You cannot crucify yourself. Think about it. Somebody has to crucify you. So what what we're saying is, God, you crucify the flesh, but in, in the picture of Christ, he willingly went to the cross. So you have to have the, the, the willingness to crucify the flesh. And then as you decide to do that and you submit to it, then God can give us strength to do that. But And I misspoke. He's telling us to crucify the flesh. It is our choice uh, to be crucified with Christ. Amen. So, so the fact is the king of self now wears the crown. We want the king of self to be us. And so we placed ourselves in the throne room of our heart where God desires to be and God should be because when you're saved, if you're here tonight and you're saved, the Bible said you're bought with a price. You're not your own. Amen. But somewhere in us, Brother Jimmy, there's that desire of the flesh to say, I want to be the king of the throne room of my own heart and I'm going to do what pleases me. And as long as serving God pleases me, I'll serve God. But whenever it stops pleasing me, I'll stop serving God. So the human spirit, we deal with the ruler, but then uh, as it goes on, uh, the Bible said, uh, for a servant when he reigneth, and a fool when he's filled with meat. So he deals not only with the ruler, but also the ruin of the human spirit. Listen, God created us, get this, in perfection. Some of you look at me and go, whoa, wait a minute. Well, is God perfect? Did he, he said he created us in his own image? He created, listen, 
you can, you can soak up all the knowledge you want to. You could, you could in essence, uh, Brother Sean, you could take every person that has an IQ of 170, right? Put, them all in the, put all their knowledge together, put all the knowledge of mankind together, and you still would not have the intellect that God gave Adam. Right? You would not have the wisdom that God... Why? Because God created him after himself. And so God created this, this perfect man, and then he took the rib and made this perfect woman, and he says, okay, I'm giving you free will. I want you to serve me. What do they do? I want to serve myself. Right? And so the whole planet is affected because something has gone wrong in the throne room. The whole, the whole planet, think about this. Why do we have wars and rumors of wars? Right? Why do we, why do we war? Well, what's the Bible say? Because our flesh. We, we have not, we desire, why? And we have not because we, we're, we want to consume it. Right? In other words, everything we do, you look and say, well, look at all the wars going on around the world. We need peace. Well, we ain't going to have it. Not going to have it. Why not? Because of the flesh, right? You say, well, we're at war with so-and-so because of oil. Probably so. We're at war over here because of, uh, you know, because of EVs, right? Whatever. The whole thing is because of man's wickedness, there's this battle, and we're never going to have peace on earth. Well, in, in the Middle East, if we had a two-state two solution, then it'd fix everything. They've already tried that. Right. See that war in the Middle East between uh, that we're looking at now with uh, uh, the uh, Hamas and Hezbollah in Israel has nothing to do with land. Right. Not, has nothing to do with occupying or owning. Right. has to do with uh, they hate the Jew, right. and they want to kill them all. So you can give them all the land you want to. You know what they're going to do? Inside of them, there is a desire to kill another human being, right? And so the ruin of mankind is that we, are not, we have not allowed God to have the throne room of our heart. Why do marriages fail? Well, our marriage failed because my husband cheated on me. No, your, your, your marriage failed because your husband had himself on the throne of his heart and could not say no to a temptation. Or uh, uh, because she treats me like this and she's not this. And, well, what's the problem? We want what we want. Amen. Right? Why do we fail? Because God does not have the throne room of our heart. Amen. And it has ruined mankind. So scripture and nature and history and psychology all show evidence of the ruin everywhere. So you know what we have to do instead of, it's real simple. We have all these doctors that have all these fancy degrees that are examining people's minds and trying to figure out why they're this and why they're this. And, and so they're saying, well, the problem is uh, because their parents did this and they grew up in this environment and because their mama didn't love them enough and their dad didn't say, I love you enough. And so therefore, they're no, the problem is this. We have taken God out of the throne room of humankind. Right? And so, scripture, I mean, just the fact is, so what do we do? Well, psychology, we've got to come up with some theory of why people do what they do. Why is it that this man has killed 50 people? I'll tell you why. Because he's, he's a sinner, right. Right? right? 
and he's submitted to the flesh and there's something in him and I don't know what it is. It's demonic is what it is. And he's saying, listen, the only way I can fill this hole in my heart is to do this sinful thing. Well, it's no different with you. You may not go out and murder 50 people, but let's be honest. Why is it that you have pride? Because there's, some, there's a hole in you that should be filled with the, the presence of God and you want to fill it with self. So you have to pat yourself on that. It, it, it's all very simple. Yet we complicate it. Why? Because the more complicated we make things, same thing, Brother Adam, with Scripture. I don't understand it all, but, but Scripture is very simple. Take salvation. Look how we have diluted and messed that up. You say, well, I don't believe in easy believism. What do you believe in? Hard believism? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The wage of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Through you. That's simple. Right? So, so to make sense of it, we have complicated it to add all these extra things in there, right? And we, so it's like, well, we got, it's got to be more difficult than this. No, it's simple. But the more complicated we make things, the smarter we sound. Why is it that people have all these crazy doctrines? Because they do not want the simple doctrines of the Word of God. And they have to complicate it. Because if they're simple, guess what? Preachers are notorious about this. They have to make all this stuff complicated because the average person, you're going, well, if they know what I know and I'm preaching simple truths, and they're going to say, well, he's not as smart as I think he is. Well, he's probably not. But if it's right and it's truth, Brother Tim, why will we just not pre preach truth? I mean, if we want everybody to be saved, why will we not make it as simple as possible? Because it's simple. And so the fact is, the ruin of mankind is that everything that we do, the human spirit is now not subservient to the Holy Spirit of God. We want to have the throne room. We want to rule, and it has ruined. Why? Greed, power, you know where it all comes from? Right here. So number one is the human spirit. Number two is the human soul. Well, we go on in verse number 21, or verse 22, I'm sorry. The Bible said, and a fool when he is filled with meat. So... The, the first thing we deal with is the mind. Now, human intellect has been ruined by the fall of man. You say, well, how can you prove that? I'll tell you exactly why. you got college campuses all over the world that have been preaching, not just now, been preaching for decades that we come from monkeys. Right? It's got to be more complicated. So, so we have to have a measure of faith to believe God is the creator of everything. You have to have more faith to believe that there was an explosion that took place billions of years ago. Now we have a problem, right, Brother Jerry? We have a problem believing that God just always existed. We don't want to, we don't want to acknowledge that because then we have to realize there's a creator. But the same, uh, same know-it-alls have no problem believing that the matter that exploded to make all stuff, ask them where it came from, they say, well, it's just, it was just there. Yeah. Right. So we can't believe in an, an eternal God that can create, but we can believe that there is mass somewhere in the universe somewhere that has always been that exploded in a big bang and cast all this material out all over the universe 
And somehow the particles clung to one another and formed this thing called earth. And then there's a particle that landed in an in a, in a ocean somewhere. And it woke up one day and said, I'm tired of living in the ocean, so I'm heading to land. And then I'm, when I got to land, I couldn't walk, so I developed legs. Then I got tired of walking like this, so I started walking up like this and lost my tail, right? And now I'm a human. Can I be honest? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Just dumb. But the intellectuals will tell you that's how it formed. Why? Because the more you can confuse people, the smarter you look. Right? Give you another example. Give you a financial example. Let me tell you how to be wealthy. You spend less than you make. And you take what's left over and you save it for a long time and then you'll have something. It's a novel idea. Matter of fact, it's a biblical idea. But we have to complicate and say, well, what you got to do is you got to invest in cryptocurrency. <laughs> what is cryptocurrency? Well, it's this idea. You got a digital wallet. And you got to put that cryptocurrency in this digital wallet. Was well, it a coin? Well, kind of. <laughs> but not really. Yeah. And it goes up. But guess what? Today it went down 400. And so we've got to have index funds. And we've got to have hedge funds. We've got to have all this stuff. And so we sound sophisticated right. by investing our money in all this stuff that you don't have a clue how it works. Right. But there's this guy that went to school to be a financial planner. Right. And he knows, he, let me tell you something, he don't know what he's talking about. He's got somebody else that's telling him to tell you what you ought to put your money in. And they don't know what they're doing either. Right. And it's a guessing game. And so we live in a world where people spend more than they make and they seem to be sophisticated investors. And we'll say, well, you know, there's good debt and there's bad debt. If you use the good debt to buy this and it appreciates at 12%, but your debt, you're only paying 10%, right? Then you're making more off your interest rate, then you're paying in debt, so take the debt on the 10% so you can get a, a return of 12%. Well, that's easy enough. Right up till the 10% goes up to 14%, and the 12% goes down to 7%, and then it works backwards. So if you owe 0%, it never goes up to 12%. See what I'm saying? Real simple. So the human intellect, the mind, we get to the place where we think that more knowledge means we're smarter and can do things better. I'll give you another example, right? We were talking about this just a moment ago. Uh, this morning I got up, and uh, you probably got up if, if you don't have a garage, and I had ice all over my windshield. And I went out there and cut my truck on and turned the defrost on. He said, well, I got one of them little things you like. I got one too, but it don't defrost. And it don't warm my seats up. Well, listen to me. There's a day, guess what? You didn't have no warm seats. 
You didn't have a little thing on the side that you hit and the window went up. You did like this. You say, well, that is barbaric, preacher. Right up until you got to fix the little thing that you push, and it cost you $500. When you did like this, you know what you could do? If the handle came off and you couldn't get one, you could put some vice grips on it. Right? But we're more sophisticated. We've gotten so sophisticated that we're saying, you know what? Now we're going to, instead of the combustible engine, we're going to start, we're going to start powering stuff with a battery. Right. Sounds like a good idea. Right up until you get past your four-hour time limit and there's a snowstorm and you can't charge your battery. Can I get a witness, amen? amen. Right. See what I'm saying? Well, we got these smartphones now. Oh, you mean the one that every time they come out, they're saying, listen, there's a new update that uh, is, uh, uh, what's the newest one now with iPhone, that if you get it too close to somebody, it automatically will send your stuff to them? Smart. When I had one on the wall, didn't nobody steal my stuff out of it? Right? Never lost it. Never cracked the screen on that baby, Amen. What's your point? Fallen man thinks differently. We don't want to retain God in our thoughts. We want to figure out how to get away from God. And so we're seeing, the, we're seeing mankind getting worse and worse. And listen, having new, you say, man, whoever came up with the internet sure was a smart person. Yeah, guess what? You know what? I believe I read this. You know what the most viewed websites are on the internet? Pornography. I mean, kids got phones right here. You know what they can do? And some of you, some of you parents are naive enough to think they wouldn't do it. I think I read where the average kid is introduced to pornography when they're between 10 and 12 years old. Oh, you just gave them a handheld computer with unfettered access. I mean, all these child abductions, you know how they're getting them? Social media. You know what, you know what parents are letting them do? Kids, social media. I got me a Snapchat. I let my kid, you know what Snapchat is? Here's my message. Bloop, gone. Look, Mom and Dad, nothing there. Who do you think came up with that? It wasn't a Jesus follower. Right? And all that came out of intellect. All, all that came out of People being smart, right? Making life easier. And you know what it's done? It's made mankind worse. So, so the human soul starts with the mind. You know where sin starts? You say it's in the heart. Yeah, but you know where Satan plugs it in? Right here, right? So, so it deals with the mind, but then also the heart. Notice what the Bible said. It said uh, in verse 23, for an odious woman when she is married. What's that mean? Odious means this, hateful. I'm going to give you a time out. I am amazed at how hateful people are. But I'm amazed at how hateful Christians are. See, when, when you don't allow God to rule the throne room of your heart, and you rule the, you feel offended all the time. And so because he, does not ha he is not ruling and you're ruling... What happens is it, it affects the way you think 
and it affects the way you think. It affects your heart. And you know what proceeds out of your mouth? What's in your heart. And so when you say, well, I'm just honest, I just say what I think. No, you, you say what's in here. Right? It's exactly right. So the odious woman, the hateful woman, we learn all the wrong emotions. And, and so much today, Brother Jerry, everything's about emotions. How do you feel? How does that make you feel? Are you offended? Does that bother you? Well, if it does, then nobody can do it because it, it offends you. It, it hurts your feelings. Right? Can I be honest with you? You better learn to toughen up a little bit. Right? So what, what's happened is nothing stirs the emotion like love. And that's what this scripture is saying. Uh, for a, a, an odious woman when she's married. Well, in our minds at least, we think people get married. Why? Because they're in love. And so the, the picture is this woman that is um, in love emotionally and it blinds. And we see the picture of a hateful woman. If you, Listen to me. Ready? If you don't get married because it's God's will for your life... You cannot trust the emotion of love. Why not, preacher? I'll tell you why. Because the world has given us the definition of love. We're not looking at, we're not looking at biblical love most of the time. When you ask, why, well, we love each other. What's that mean? Well, every time we're together, we get this feeling. I mean, she makes my heart skip a beat. I lose my breath when I see him. That's an emotion. Look, look at the people that have mar been married 60 and 70 years where the, the, the husband can hardly walk and the wife is there to take care of him. That's love, Amen. right? Amen. But that's not the type of love that our heart wants. Our heart wants that emotional love. And what happens is, how many of you heard, well, we just fell out of love. No, you don't fall out of love. It's the, it, it's, it's the wrong type of emotion, Right? So there's a picture of a man who gives his heart to anything besides Christ. That's what he's saying in verse uh, 22. For an odious woman when she is married and a handmaid that is uh, heir to her mistress. So the, the fact is the heart is deceitful. And it starts out pleasurable when we look at things. Well, I love this. Or I love, our emotions take over, right? How many times, and you see this all the time in the world we live, there's a... There's a and Christmas, it's Christmas time, right? You know what comes at Christmas time? Christmas movies. Everybody loves the Hallmark and everybody loves the, you know, Netflix and even the Pure Flix. And, all. and a lot of them, you know what it is? Same story. I can just about write it for you. Here's a girl. She lives in the big city, right? Y'all laughing. You know where I'm going, don't you? She lives in the big city, but she's from a little town somewhere. So for Christmas, she'd go back to town. And it's amazing to me, every one of them, it's snowing. There's very few places in America where at Christmas time it's snowing, but every one of these movies is snowing, right? And so she runs in to this old boyfriend, right? And sometimes he's even married. But they're in love. And hey, they were in love back in high school. Now there's a spark that rekindles, and she's not happy, or he's not happy in his marriage. And here's this girl. It was the one that got away, right? And you know what we call it? Oh, it's a love story. Now I guess I don't know now, but it used to be all these Harlequin romance, not all this, all this smuts. What it was? And even Christian women. 
Remember this? Remember that long-haired hippie that rode that horse, Fabio? Oh, he is so beautiful. He's a hippie. Women falling all over. He's, oh, he's just. Why? Because he's in all that mess. It's wicked. But the heart's saying, look, this love's for. So it's an emotional thing. It emotionally draws us to sin. And we're no different, not just with that, but with other things as well, right? Why is it that we have no discipline uh, in the things in life? Well, I'll tell you why. Because our emotions, right? You say, well, I don't want to read the Bible. Why? Don't get all spiritual. You know I'm right. Because something inside of you. Emotionally. I don't feel like it, right? I'd rather watch TV. I'd rather look at my phone. Whatever it is, there's something inside of you that's stirring a feeling up to say, I don't feel like it. Right? So the opposite of discipline in any area of life is emotion. People get, you know why everybody that's here Sunday morning, not here on Wednesday night? A lot of them are, I didn't feel like coming tonight. Something inside of me was an emotion. I didn't feel like it. I'll go when I feel like it. Right? No, you go because you should. Right? Read your Bible because you should. You pray. Ideally, it is wonderful when the Spirit desires that. But if you only do it when you desire to do it, you know what? The emotions will creep up on you and will stir up to the place where emotionally you'll never want to do it. So the heart, the mind, and then finally what proceeds or what comes after all that is the will. The will. You know why people don't want to serve God? They They don't understand the will has been ruined by the fall. In other words, we make wrong decisions, refuse to be under the authority of God's word. The will is the last thing to be controlled. Here's, here's, here's what's interesting. You ever seen, how many have ever ridden a horse? Isn't it amazing that a horse can be trained? I mean, think about this, that you can take a strap and you don't have to yet, you can lay it on the side of that horse's neck and it knows to turn. Right. Well, how'd that happen? Well, he didn't just come out of the wild. You're not going to go get a wild horse out of the wild somewhere and just throw that thing on there and say, he was okay, well, I know what this means. His desire is to be wild. Somebody had to take the time to train that animal to let, listen, you take one of these little girls. Now, I rode a horse one time, this girl well, you used to go to our church. She's, we all went out there, and she said, now, preacher, what you got to do is you got to show that horse who's boss. And she's a little old thing. And she's spurring that thing. And I was like, I ain't doing that to that big old critter. I mean, that's a big. So I was just like, giddy up. She said, no, you got to take, ha! Like, I'm not kicking that horse. That's a big animal. And she's got that thing doing all this stuff. And I'm like, uh-uh. Uh-uh. Right? I mean, me and him, I want to be friends with him. I want me and him to be buddies. You do it because we're friends, not because I'm the, I'm the ruler and you're the, the ruled. But she, you ride some of them horses, you just take the strap, pull it back. Why? 
because someone has broke that right. animal's Amen. will. Amen. They know that there is somebody sitting on his back that they trust to not hurt them and they're willing to. If a horse doesn't want to submit, you're not going to make it submit. Right? We're no different. Anybody going to tell me what to do? Oh, I know. You may end up in the Lord's woodshed. It's a whole lot easier to submit and say, Lord, you just, you know more than I do. I'll just follow you. That's a whole lot better place to be than always. Uh, I'm just strong-willed, and I have to learn things the hard way. Guess what? You will. It's a whole lot easier to say, Lord, I'll just do what you want me to do. But see, that's not in our heart. You have to be submitted to the will of God. That's the last thing to, to go. And then number three, and I'll... Move through this quickly is number three is the body. And notice what the Bible said in verse uh, 23. Said, and when she is married and a handmaid that is heir to her mistress. Well, it gives the picture. Go back up to verse number 20. I said we'd get to that. Such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, notice this, I have done no wickedness. Well, Here's the problem. Just by the word adulteress, she's done wrong. Right? But, but the picture we have is that he, she's an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth. In other words, it didn't bother her. Right? And, and so she said this, I have done no wickedness. Well, what it tells us is the body can be uh, submitted to the wrong control. Yes. In other words, submit to lustful appetites. I'll give an example. How many, how many would agree with me on this? That the, the stuff that God created for us to eat is better for you than the Keeblers. Right? right? I mean, you got, you got meat. You got vegetables, God gave to us. Now, I know this is going to mess us up because we Baptists, but he did not create little Debbies. Right? Don't look at me wrong, Brother Johnny, because I like them too. Maybe the oatmeal cream pie he had hand in, but not the rest of them. But if we know that those things are bad, why do we eat them? I'll give you an example. The other night, 9 o'clock. I'd eaten good all day, Brother Bobby, 9 o'clock. Out of nowhere, out of nowhere, something popped in my brain. You know what would be good right now? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I went in the kitchen, got me a Jethro-sized bowl, poured me some Cinnamon Toast Crunch in there, poured me some milk. Piling that stuff away. What happens is you eat that stuff fast enough and your stomach doesn't tell your brain you've had enough. If I say, I'm going to get some more. I ate three bowls. Jethro-sized bowls. About 11 o'clock, something told my brain that was not a good idea. 
And I knew it wasn't a good idea. Right? What was the problem? I tell you exactly, I couldn't control my appetite. Right? I mean, I'm going to get real with you. Don't, some of you look at me like, preacher, you don't understand. I do understand. I like, I think pies and cakes should be a food group, don't you? But I'm also not, just I'm not condoning it. I understand. I'm, I'm made out of the same stuff y'all are. But I ain't going to run around saying, well, now I've tried this, Brother Jimmy. I've tried to say apple pie is good for you because it's got fruit in it. But why is it that we have a, have a dinner down there and you look and there's a, there's a, there's a dessert table, got more, more on it than the food table, and we'll get a plate of food, but we'll get the same size plate for dessert. Don't look at the floor. We're not praying. You know exactly I'm telling the truth. Because our eye, we see it and go, hmm. We can't control our appetite. Well, it's the same thing with other things. Why is it? It's coming up Christmas time. You know what they did? Black Friday after Thanksgiving. You know what that is? We, we, can, <laughs> we can jack the price up. But then tell you that we're giving you 20% off and you'll come buy our stuff because it's Black Friday sale. And you know what else they do? You ready for this? You'll go in there and get stuff you didn't even need. Because of your appetite. Because of my appetite, right? I I'm not judging you. I'm trying to help you. But some of you look at me like, preacher, you are way out of bounds on this, brother. I'm just getting straight with you. The things that are good for us are not as attractive <clears throat> as the things that are bad for us. You know what we do? Little of this, a lot of that. Then we can't figure out why we're in the mess we are. Right? I'll give you an example. Ready? Years ago, now, Brother Jim, if I'm wrong, tell me. You're a lot older than me. <laughs> Years ago, you preach against TVs. People, hey, man, you preach against them today. Well, why? Because somewhere along ago, they were like, there's some bad stuff come on that thing. And now, everybody's got them. I asked one preacher, said, you got a TV? He said, no, I got four. <laughs> right? You got a computer. Well, I don't have a TV. Here's what gets me. Some of you say, oh, I don't have a TV in my house. But you see them. Hey, did you see that YouTube video? But I don't have no TV because I love Jesus. Okay. That's what you want to tell yourself. I'm sure that's going to hold water at the judgment seat. But my point being is, you say, well, I just watch ball games. Yep. Why you got a Netflix account? Right? I heard today, Mama, you tell me if I'm wrong, I heard today Norman Lear died. He's 101 years old. My mother tell you when I was growing up, we were not allowed to watch Norman Lear, Three's Company, Sanford Son, Good Times. You know why? He's an atheist. We weren't allowed to watch it. I thought, well, that's a crazy thing. But look what happened. Three's Company, you had a man living with two women. And the only way he could live with them is he had to be portray like he was gay. Right? We thought it was funny. 
Here's, here's, a, here's a, a, a wacky guy just planning. Well, guess what? Look what we got now. Now, what happened, and it's accepted by people because even Christians were watching, going, well, that never happened. Look how silly that thing looks, right? right. Why? Well, it, it did something to our appetite. So what happens is because we can't control the appetite, it gives us, it gives us the wrong control. When we don't have the right person on the throne of our heart, we can't control the appetite. Then we have wrong convictions. Notice what she said. I have done no wickedness. I didn't do anything wrong. Oh, we, we love each other, right? We live in a day-to-day, right? People, people shacked up. Well, it ain't wrong. They love each other. They're probably going to get married. Well, I don't think you got chapter and verse for that. If they, have a, if they have a relationship before they get married, I think the Bible has a word for that, right? Fornication, which is sin. Yeah, but they're going to get married. Maybe. Right? And maybe they will. But if they do... That before they get married, there's a word for it. And so what we're saying is, when we have the wrong control, we have the wrong person on the throne of our heart, we have the wrong control, we have the wrong convictions. I didn't do anything wrong. Well, at least I'm not, at least, how many, well, yeah, but it's a man and woman, at least not two men. Really? So you're saying if they have that type of relationship, it's a man and woman, it's not as much of an abomination outside of marriage if it's two men. Well, ain't in your Bible. They're both sin. See what I'm saying? So if we don't let the Lord have the control of the throne room of our heart, it goes woefully wrong to where you get to the place you're like, and let's be honest, Christians are no are no different. How many people are committing sin, living in sin? Maybe not that particular one, but and they're going, well, that's just the way I am. That's how God created me. Well, look at look at Brother Johnny. Who are you? Who are you to judge me? Till you're perfect, you had no right to judge me, right? Is that not the world we live in? Why? Because all the way back in the Garden of Eden. Mankind told God, no, I'm going to do it the way I want to. And now we see the fruit of it. So you and I have got to make a conscious effort every single day to submit to God and let him have the throne room of our heart. And God's saying that if not, it will lead to intolerable things. Let's stand. We're going to gather around the altar, close out in prayer like we do on Wednesday night. Appreciate you being here. Hope the message was a help to you this evening.